Welcome to the Maitripa College podcast. Maitripa College is a Buddhist institution of higher education founded by Yangtze Rinpoche in 2005 in Portland, Oregon. We offer two graduate degree programs, a Master of Arts in Buddhist Studies and a Master of Divinity, as well as classical Tibetan language studies. Founded upon three pillars of scholarship, meditation, and service, the Maitripa College curriculum combines Western academic contemplative learning and traditional Tibetan Buddhist disciplines. Through the development of wisdom and compassion, our graduates are empowered with a sense of responsibility to work joyfully for the well-being of others. They become agents of positive change in the world and are shaping the development of Buddhism in the West. As scholar practitioners, chaplains, professional translators, doctoral degree candidates, leaders in the nonprofit world, educators, and more, we invite you to join us to make your practice your life. In this week's episode, Maitripa College President Yang Sibrimpache teaches finding the source of enlightenment, a non-dual approach, at the Seattle Washington Center Dharma Friendship Foundation. From the Buddha's teaching point of view, uh, we all human beings, including insects, it says it have the potential for enlightenment. There's a, without any kind of discrimination, everybody can become Buddha. It is a right of existence. <laughs> Just so, so it's, it's now. <clears throat> So, so now this uh, teaching or this idea need to boil down to our potential. When you say like, okay, I as an individual, what? My body, my feeling, my consciousness, my awareness. So potential, concept of a potential to become enlightened, I think is need to boil down to this consciousness, mind. Okay, so mind. So, so, <clears throat> so, so basically, how we related with our own mind? So I think this is a fundamental question. Do we related with our own mind? Um, how we related with our gadgets, things? Oh, how we related with our own consciousness, our mind? Are we barely think? We, we kind of take a grant, you know, our mind, you know, just, okay. So now, Buddha's teaching point of view, the preciousness is our human, is the, our human mind. The preciousness of our sentient beings is a sentient being's mind. So mind is a real, really mind. We barely really uh, treat badly our mind. Maybe we can say that we really, which is the really the ultimate source of enlightenment or the potential, but we so disregard, we barely acknowledge our mind. We barely acknowledge our mind. And uh, that's, I think, the sad part, you know, barely. Okay. <clears throat> but how we treat our mind and how we treat our brain, maybe we might maybe treat more brain much more precious than our mind. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, so, <clears throat> so I think when we're trying to do a meditation, 
I think before all the whatever the guideline or anything, I think we have to establish fundamental relation with our own mind. Meditation was done by mind. Meditation may be done a little bit by brain. I don't know, but meditation is done by mind. So we have to have some kind of, uh, from the spiritual point of view, from just exercise point of view, maybe it's okay. We can treat it as a very external. From the spiritual meditation as a spiritual point of view, fundamental step number one is how we relate it with even the mindfulness meditation. How we relate it with our own mind is very mechanism, a very like a tool, or we treat as a mind as just kind of like a tool, or mind as a treat as something slightly different. So here. When Buddha says we all have a potential to become enlightenment, and that potential is not another than our own mind. Okay, so here we should be so, I say, feel bad. Maybe I, mean, I never treat my, I never treat my mind respectfully. I never even acknowledge my mind. Okay, so here this is okay. So here I think as a meditation, as a spiritual practice, step number one is how we treat, how we acknowledge our own mind and feelings. And uh, maybe in our back of our minds, well, my mind is crappy, my feeling is very crappy all the time. <laughs> so I, I have nothing, nothing good story, good relation with my mind. Okay. I have no good relationship with my own mind, and uh, this. So here, yes, that's really true. My feeling, my thoughts, my mind. There's nothing positive thing. So how I can feel something positive? So here, so maybe that is the mind is uh, like a, when you get like how you say, when you get some kind of injured, then your body. What white blood cell or red blood cell? Something's trying to fight it, trying to show, trying to get attention, trying to get. So maybe we, as a human being, that not good feeling towards to the, our thoughts and emotions is maybe our Buddha nature is crying. Our Buddha, our Buddha nature is making some noise. Okay. <clears throat> our. So that's maybe one another way to look at it, you know, like uh, so so my key point over here is uh, when we doing when you do, <laughs> do a meditation step number one meditation as a spiritual practice how we relate with our own mind. Okay, so that's the that's the one one the key point that I'm trying to communicate. Okay, how we how we understood our own mind uh, how we Acknowledge our own mind. Okay. <clears throat> so now, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a, my mind have a nothing good story to tell. And my feeling have a nothing good story to tell. But here we are just looking into the surface. Maybe in this it's itself it have a lot of spiritual uh, message, or maybe it is the noise of our own Buddha nature. You know, that's. It is crying for transformation. Maybe, maybe we we didn't hear that cry of Buddha nature. That noise of Buddha nature. Okay. So, uh, 
So again, so meditation as a spiritual practice, not only we should how to acknowledge our mind and our our feelings and thoughts, but also how we those individual feelings and thoughts, those specific feelings and thoughts, how we relate it. Okay, we have a very strong thinking. This is negative. These things I don't want. I want these things. I don't want anger. I want compassion. I don't want ignorant. I want wisdom. Can I get this from Amazon? <laughs> Deliver to my house. <laughs> you know. So, so we 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 treat. You know. Okay. So, so basically, I think that the challenge or the habit is so duality. We have seen this very materialistic, very duality, very external, very conventional. You know, something that I want, I don't want, this is good, this is bad, and there's so things separated. So that my point over here, like for example, when we're talking about the enlightenment, pot potential for enlightenment, maybe this is a really big picture. Let's go to the potential for compassion, loving kindness. Okay, potential for loving kindness. Immediately we got, oh, I'm all the time angry, I'm all the time prostrated. prostrated. <laughs> waste my potential of a, of a compassion okay so from the <clears throat> I think there's a, there's a no two different seeds seeds of a frustration and anger and the seeds of a compassion if there's a two different seeds that we can we can have then pretty much we can order in Amazon <laughs> to tell deliver there's a I need the seeds of a compassion so now, in a reality, that seeds of a frustration, that seeds of a, you know, uh, a disappointment, that seeds of a dissatisfaction is a nothing other than seeds of compassion and patience. Okay? So, therefore, we all the time trying to see, you know, look some way other. You know, trying to find something enlightenment in awakening somewhere other, which is it doesn't exist. What it exists is within the ignorance, within the frustration, within the anger, the seeds of compassion, seeds of patience. So, if we look from that perspective, we have a really different way of looking into the our those specific feelings and thoughts and mind as a general. We have a different way to look at it, isn't it? We really, you know, right now, right now the problem is uh, we have a, such a duality approach. The approach entirely is a duality. Approach is already the, the system of interaction, the system of communication, system of anything is a very kind of like a separate separation, you know, this and that. So, Yes, that creates such a duality uh, experience. 
Uh -huh. So, but we as an individual person, when you say spiritual practice, you know, that's spiritual, that's spirit. That spirit is nothing kind of deep down, there's, you know, something that's, you know, that consciousness or that, there's nothing. It is very all pervasive for negative feeling, for positive feeling, and for everything. You know? So, so I think meditation as a, not just as an exercise, and meditation as a spiritual practice, then step number one, acknowledging of our mind and, uh, uh, and uh, not seeing duality between compassion and anger. You know, basically, duality in terms of over here, uh, you know, it's kind of like a two different track. Anger is a one track, and compassion is a two, another different track. It's not necessarily seen as a two different track. It looks like really two different track. It sounds really two different track. And when you look at in the instructions, particularly meditation and compassion, sounds like all oh, you're trying to have is own kits, how to build <laughs> a compassion, <laughs> all that things. So now over here, with the individual, basically when I say non-duality over here, is basically the there's no two different seeds seeds of compassion and seeds of a, that's it it own self is the so so in another way to look at it let me make a one let me make one one story or example when when I was in Tanti college there's a one you know <clears throat> one of my teacher and and he had one another student, one young monk. And he is known for so reveled. Nobody can subdue him. <laughs> He's known for that. He's like, and they have no idea. And somehow, within the several months, he transformed from this very untamed, like a rebel, to the best student from totally opposite side. You know, so, so here, I think there's no two different that individual, but that one individual went through two different stages. One individual went through healing process, and when came that? So maybe when you say compassion is maybe seen as a such a things, it is a kind of healed process. When is the Frustration and anger in healed, and they're transformed back to compassion. It's nothing you separately constructing and building and generating compassion. Mostly, I'm thinking like our habit. We have so much habit and culture of seeing everything as a separate, okay, duality. Everything is like this is a compassion, this is a anger, this is like so separating the language, the way we communicate, so separating. That's kind of culture and separation. We, we build, okay, it was almost we are treating very external kind of thing. Okay, now I want to build compassion. I want to demolish the anger. And I don't know where I'm going to throw the, the left over the anger. <laughs> We're treating almost like very kind of external way. So my point over here is uh, maybe that with such a label we call anger and compassion, this all are our, our you know, journey or transformation. You know, there's a state of a mind and our feeling is frustrated and then transform into compassion. So 
It is just one mental continuum, one flow, not two different flow. We are not trying to create one new flow of a compassion. It's just the same flow that frustrated mind and that kind of things. So another way to look at it, like for example, we say, we say like anger and jealousy and frustration, and we have all these different emotions. Okay, and uh, again, our habit. It is maybe in reality these all are just manifestation of ego. Ego is flashing different pictures. Maybe it's just there's no such as there's there's no different you know independent department of anger and department of running by his own self. It's just kind of like a manifestation of ego. Just ego is kind of like a, with a certain condition it manifests that way, and certain condition is manifest that way. But we label all those different things. It's maybe it's the, it's just like the wave in the ocean, you know. It's just kind of like a different waves comes from the, the different conditions. It's just, you know, it's, we are giving too much like like for example we are giving too much detail attention to the different waves, different times of the wave. And we are not really kind of like almost we are trying to cut through the saw the wave in the ocean. <laughs> and maybe I don't know how to cut or or rainbow or whatever. You know, there's no way to do it. But way we treat our thoughts and emotions are like so not seeing. So so there's all these dual projections of those different afflictions. You know, so we're not seeing we're not seeing as a one kind of like a manifestation or. or projections of maybe is a fundamental that ego how we'll wrap up all these things okay you know when you're trying to do meditation okay so i was the, the key point over here is like first thing step number one when you're doing meditation as a spiritual practice then step number one we need to kind of clear acknowledgement of the mind you know so mind something acknowledged in terms over here as a, not just as acknowledge as mind exists, that the mind is as a, as a fundamental foundation, a fundamental nurturing, fundamental source of our meditation. Okay, something where we connect. We're not we are not running as a, like a not so much when we're meditating. Not so much as a, like a very mechanics style. Okay, I, my mind do this, do that, do that. It's not falling, kind of that things. Uh, right now, we might have a similar treating like a mechanic kind of do this. Now press this button, go through this process. So, so basically, uh, The fundamental philosophy of a, a meditation that container arising through a sense of a clear awareness of the mind. Okay, basically, what what I'm trying to communicate over here is uh, uh, we as the individual person existing is not defined by just this manifestation. Something much more deeper, and that's kind of talking to the. Anyway, it's become a little bit complicated, a little bit complicated, but that's the step number. I'm coming back, same thing. So, so basically, gradually developing uh, step number one: sense of acknowledgement of a mind, and sense of even we can say respect. 
I think we can say a sense of respect towards to our own mind. We are talking so often self-respect. And we, we are so loudly speaking of a self-respect. And really, fundamentally, self-respect is not, not this conventional identity, much more in the ultimate way, self-respect need to be respect to the awareness and consciousness and mind. Okay, So that's the, really the coming down. So meditator, I think having tremendous respect, maybe we can use this word at this moment, but then in a second, that's the first step number one for the meditation is a spiritual journey. Now second level is a meditation as a spiritual practice, then when it's a practice, then we have this whole challenge, this whole different things that I need to clean up, <laughs> all these different messed <laughs> thinking. And uh, uh, so this kind of like, a, now the what correction, we, we treat in that way, you know, okay, I need to clean up this, I need to be almost very, very external, very duality, very these things. So here, second thing is what I'm saying is a meditation as a practice. Now over here, first thing is a, all these negative emotion and positive emotions are, you know, two sides of one coin, basically. Uh, we we are we are treating as a two coin, so basically step number two, this entire as a you know one coin, you know you know basically then basically which coin is coming up or which coin is is a down that's the whole different things but basically seeing as a two sides of one coin so therefore seeds of compassion is a nothing different than seeds where the seeds of prostrations are happening. So, so now the, the, of course, you know, we all like long-term cure, long-time healing, ultimate healing, you know, but such an ultimate healing is created through the step-by-step, -step, such as a distraction, distracting. So we, we have to have a second plan, plan, you know, distraction as a yes. Now the, what's the next, next plan, uh, how we're going to look at it. Uh, so this is a, uh, so, so now here, as I'm telling over here, maybe how we relate with the anger. That's, I think, the, okay, I, I'm feeling anger, that's really true, but there is a one additional nailing, we nail saying like, this is very bad, I want to get rid of. There's this another story wave we created. Maybe the steps, because now over here, it sees about, Compassion, self-compassion is maybe, if I say seeds of self-hatred, they may coming from one area. So wish there's something different seeds. We, we like to, I think, if there's a different seeds, that'll be the best news. <laughs> that was the quick way to enlightenment. But the challenge is, uh, is in the same place. <laughs> they are all in the same. I think that's my point of view. Okay. This is, I, not necessarily, that's, that's the, Another way to look at it, from my point of view, uh, I didn't have any specific results saying that, okay, here, this Buddha Sutra saying here is, is a one seed. The way I understood all the teachings of the Buddha nature is basically seeing into the, basically, uh, it, is, it is a pointing into the same seeds, it's not two different seeds. 
is only one coin, not two different coins. So, uh, so, so now here, uh, I think there is a, when 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 we feel anger, when we feel anger, uh, uh, and there is a another layer. And that's, I think, the very negative tools to the anger itself, basically. Basically, very negative tools to the anger itself is the maybe the main thing what really blocking, not able to heal. So, over here, to way to overcome very negative tools to the anger, to way to overcome that is, I think, seizable compassion is within the seizable anger itself. So, I think that's Maybe that's the I think once we see it's just here is this I cannot get another way to healing So another way to look at it, you know, for example mindfulness meditation is come in this say Don't judge not judging. So maybe I think there's an anger coming the tremendous anger is experiencing but the worst part you know the judgmental related with that, that anger is the most maybe the obstacle what is not able to heal okay and okay how we can overcome the judgmental tools to my own anger is i think ultimately seeing if i want to have a self-compassion the seeds of self-compassion is within the seeds of self-anger so it's almost you putting into the same place you know, if I want to heal, I need to treat this slight different way. If, you know, like almost like, a, you know, if I want to have a happy friendship, I should need to communicate. <laughs> I cannot create happy friendship without that, that communication. Okay, so I think it's lots of awareness. Uh, <clears throat> um, you know, so anyway, key point over here. Uh, so meditation over here so how we see these two as a, as a, so what i'm trying to draw is like you know there's a, like a trees of afflictions and just kind of drawing down if there's a picture then you're drawing down drawing down comes into the one seeds okay so there's a millions leaves thousands leaves so like coming down into one seeds so now what i'm trying to mainly communicate over here is uh, when you meditate, you know, the, the, the strategy of a meditation is you are trying to tackle one indi, indi, I say, one by one those negative thoughts. Or this is like almost impossible. You know, if you're going to deal, the my meditation practice is I'm going to like kind of like a battling with a, those individual one by one, or should I try to seek the cure from the seeds? So that's the key point here. Here, what happening right now is uh, we are stuck with the one individual leaves, and we are struggling with the one old individual leaf, and there's the rest of the thousand leaves are ready to take over <laughs> even you take out that leaf. <laughs> so, so that's the how to look to to as a meditator. Okay, how to look at it? Am I trying to dealing with individually or? I might look at into as a, like this kind of like a tree and there's a root you know that's I'm, me as a meditator okay there's so many things I cannot answer everything maybe I should go into the root and that communicate 
So, so over here, so, so basically, <coughs> uh, so, so, so feeling as, so that picture we painted, so seeing as in the one root, really, I think that's the main, what I'm saying is uh, all are in the same seats. There's no two different seats. Separation. Okay. Okay. So now. So now again, if if we look at it, if we look at it like, a, <clears throat> if we plan, if there is something manual, okay, here's the meditation manual, how you're going to deal with the anger. <laughs> okay, uh, from my point of view, step number one, of course, breathing meditation, get some distraction and get calmed down. You are in a good position. Then step number two, okay, now we have to look at this. I cannot treat this as a source. Uh, judgmental and these whole things, I need to develop something, uh, you know, through the meditation that kind of self-awareness, self-acknowledgement, self developing that kind of mindfulness, okay? And uh, that, then step number three, then I need to see this all as a, coming from one seeds, like the tree that I'm, we are trying to, you know, Tibetan medicine, they go, they paint it like a tree and then it comes down. Okay. So, so that's that's the, uh, the way, ways we are going to see that picture. Then that that uh, root of the tree over here. In this case, we'll say like, okay, this is a the ego self-grasping, self-grasping. Okay. There's a there's a, now what what's basically happening over here is uh, I can manage this entire different rivers of uh, afflictions through adjusting the main dam, where is the water source of water coming from. I, I'm not going to fix individual rivers to, to, I can really manage, adjust where the source of a river, where is coming from. Okay, so now over here, we, we are labeling this source of a river as a self-grasping, uh, ignorance, and all the, the different terminology. Okay, however, in a deep down, basically I think, sense of self, whatever terminology we used, is basically adjusting sense of self, can adjust all these different rivers of afflictions. We don't go to fix individual rivers. So maybe here, there's, a, there's a maybe these whole rivers are making different noise, because here in the, in the, in the source, there's a sense of self we are not really putting in the right position. Is the posture that the posture is not so good of the sense of self? That's maybe creating the, those different aches. So, so now here uh, in the in the long term meditator, okay, there's all these different noises that are coming up. I'll step back and really readjust my sense of self. Okay, so what that means, a sense of self? Maybe there's a maybe I need to kind of. There's, a, you know, like for example, when it's a self-anger or self-hatred, there's a lots of, uh, maybe, you know, we haven't treated well ourselves. <laughs> you know, so maybe, maybe there's this kind of acknowledgement, and this is where it's coming from. This is a way, it's not individual entity. This is all coming from fundamentally. There's maybe I need to readjust, uh, reset, sense of self. Maybe that will be cure rest of the river. 
Okay. So in 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 such a case, so what is what is so what that really means is over here. What happens? You know, like how we treat our own self, sense of self. We treat sense of self with the laws of demand, laws of expectations, laws of ideas. You know, so here, and uh, and uh, standards are very high, <laughs> very difficult to graduate. Even you graduate, it bring, brings different things. The so standards are very demanding and high. So, so my main things over here is basically healthy sense of self. That basically acceptance of a self. Wherever we are, you know, sense of sense of accepting. So, so sense of that acceptance, how we build, isn't again. There's no two different things. There's a tremendous demand, and there's a acceptance. How we going to, you know, kind of negotiate between these two? There's nothing negotiating. It's just being application of awareness as a step number one. Step number two, applying the patience. And kind of because right now we we totally close that we totally doesn't look at as a, that way. There's a two different. We are looking here as individual. There's one target we are treating very externally. I need to get rid of this one. Okay, so I think it's a coming back into. A, I think in the long term, the river of affliction way to managing is the way to resetting sense of self. And sense of self, maybe we can. We can go in very deep as a meditation of emptiness. Oh, sense of self is just basically um, kind of uh, in philosophical terminology, we call basically self-sufficient substantially grasping of a self-sufficient substantially existence is kind of very heavy terminology but this is the what really kind of give us some kind of a caffeine it comes somehow it gives some some kind of uh, caffeine rush and through that we have all these different projections and demand towards the self now this is the comment we 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 if we don't have expectations and uh, to make a progress and change that kind of expectation, then how, you know, just accept them, then how you make it, you know, it's almost like a, again, it looks, it sounds like very passive. Okay. Same thing like when you say practice patient, everybody feels this is really passive. You know, practice patient is very passive. So it have a very passive uh, flavor, but the passive flavor comes from not because it is it own it own self as a passive, but we have a we are sugar sugar rushed, <laughs> so that makes it very passive. Okay, just to just to get somewhere another to to look at it, that situation. So now over here, uh, now. Uh, so, so what? So what? How is tracking the balance? That's the key point over here. Okay. Right now, at the beginning, way of tracking the balance is uh, reducing all these affliction demands. 
Okay, that's the step number one. Okay, way to strike balance. And then once we're able to calm down that part of the noise, okay, then these are all the actions, all the engagement. It basically, if you look at really put together, right now all the actions are coming from this reaction. This kind of very engaging, proactive comes from the reaction. So the strategy or the plan can we have a very proactive through compassion rather than reaction. So that's the that's the really the key point. It's not trying to drop suddenly you kind of like suddenly you are like <laughs> no energy. You're bringing the source of energy from renewable energy, <laughs> not the fossil. What you call it? You know. So basically, the basically what we are changing over here is source of energy. Where we're going to bring, we are habit to bring the source of energy from reaction. Because that's easy and cheap. That's very cheap. Sugar. <laughs> Sugar and very cheap. And <laughs> okay, so here the basically can we we can be really proactive. But the source of energy. So that's the really the plan. That's the really the what you know all this green energy, green policy. And same thing in a spiritual journey. It's just like can we have something very healthy, but still we can generate all this energy. It's not trying to. Uh, it's not trying to go like an Amish style. Like suddenly you don't use any kind of electricity and anything. But yes, can we get? Is this an alternative? Can we? Can we be proactive through alternative, alternative approach? Okay, so that's the whole. That's the whole meditation. That's the whole practice. Looking for alternative source of energy of a proactive. So, so my key point over here. Okay, so it's coming down to the uh, sense of self. So we labeled. You know, different label, it have a self-grasping, ignorance, so on and so forth. So now I think the key point here comes is the ignorant and the wisdom. Again, how we treat, how we how we see like ignorance and the wisdom is uh, again two different seeds or ignorance of wisdom. Maybe seeds of wisdom is exist within the ignorance. <laughs> okay, so now now we're kind of kind of like it to look at it, you know. Maybe this tree of afflictions and it have all different branches. Maybe that tree is also not another than the wisdom tree, tree of a wisdom. There's no two different tree, tree of a, uh, afflictions, and either there's its own roots and is all this kind of different and wisdom as a two different tree. Maybe. Now we need to look, maybe we, we as an individual practitioner, you know, meditation into the emptiness of a self, you know, this is a very important part. So here maybe we need to see as a, step number one, maybe we need to see as a one tree. There's, a, there's, there's, there's no two different tree, ignorant tree and the wisdom tree. Maybe there's a one only tree, okay? Uh, in, in such a case now, uh, uh, Now, you know, like when you meditate in the wisdom, um, maybe how in the, from the Buddha's teaching, wisdom is maybe defined through 
stage of ignorance which is healed. So maybe it have a sometime word when you eliminate ignorant. It have a, this word eliminated. I think instead of eliminated, maybe can you say ignorant heal in English language? Mm -hmm. Heal the ignorant. Yeah. You can say that. Okay. So. <clears throat> Uh, so this is quite often happens, like for example, meditation of emptiness, dependent origination, you know, this reflections becomes a very important part. But uh, the, even in India, early philosophical systems, they say, okay, things really truly exist. And they say, why? They are dependent origination. They, they, they put that exactly logic why they are independent and truly exist. Now when the Nagarjunas and those great scholars, they say, well, things that doesn't truly exist. And they say, why? Because they are dependent origination. <laughs> so they comes to the same source, same witness, trying to prove two different things. So that's the another way to look at it when you're looking in the wisdom process. An ignorant process. So basically, what I'm what I'm telling over here, right now, I make as a philosophical, historical, how they worked. Maybe in within the, our own self, subconsciously, this kind of a permanent feeling, you know, false sense of permanent, false sense of securing all that things is maybe in the deep down there. Maybe is because. I need to function, I need to live, I need, there's a, some kind of dependent originations. So that's so-called so ignorance, we call so-called in the philosophical terminology ignorance. So meditation and the emptiness, maybe we need to tackle that same place, same area, same going, well, it is a, it is a not permanent, that sense of security is a fall because it is a dependent origination, it is a functional, you need to engage. Okay, so uh, so anyway, key point over here is uh, so so what I'm trying to talk, communicate over here is uh, we as a meditator, meditation as a, not just as an exercise, meditation as a spiritual journey, then developing sense of respect towards to the mind or consciousness, and not only that, then is coming through all these kind of like a negative and a positive, destructive emotion and a healthy emotion. All this we need to have a, some way to almost putting, almost creating equal, if I respect destructive, positive as a healthy emotion, then I need to respect destructive emotion. Okay, it sounds a little bit strange, but <laughs> you know, is this, that's, that's you know, right now we we kind of have a very judgmental tools to the those thoughts. This is a good and this is a bad. We, then we can, yeah, this is this. Is, why why not? This is, some of these are harming for me, and some of these will be help me. So therefore, why not? I can judge this way. Uh, <clears throat> well, there is definitely those negative minds can harm and positive minds can help, but to transform, to heal this mind, if you're stuck into this box, it's not going to help me. That's the key, the key point, meditation playing important role over here. Yes, there's this box, conventional box, this harming, this helping, but 
There's more than that. That's the just conventional box. There's more than that to go much more, more deeper. Okay. So, so, so the key point over here is trying to, as a meditation, as a practice, then we need to practice over this kind of uh, overcoming very dualistic, very kind of like a separate uh, approach. We need to kind of like a calm down and basically seeing all these things are manifestation of the mind. Like this whole are a different wave. This all are a different wave. So now over here <clears throat> and uh, uh, so so then okay I cannot create ocean without wave. Wave is part of ocean. Or rainbow requiring. Hmm? <laughs> so so now the key point over here the, through the meditation <laughs> through the through the meditation through the meditation what we are really trying to doing over here are we trying to create without no wave or no, basically meditation over here is what we're trying to what we're trying to get you know meditation meditation when you're meditating when you're meditating uh, we are not trying to stop the swimming uh, the meditation is basically this wave of emotion happening but when we are not able to meditate when we not meditate, our muscles are cranked. Our muscles are like like in the ocean when you're swimming, when you're seeing waves and you're scared and you are kind of, you know, how you say, muscles huh? cramping, cramping yeah. or tense. So when you're trying to do meditation, it's a basically you are still in the ocean, you are still in the water, but you're able to relax. And maybe you're able to enjoy. <laughs> so so here, meditation is, you know, right now is no way I can enjoy, no way I can enjoy. You know, like I'm so scared, you know. But you can enjoy, a possibility to enjoy. Once you relax, once you lose, losing up this tightness within the self. And maybe that ultimate enjoyment, maybe we, we label enlightenment. Ultimate way of enjoying the samsara is maybe the enlightenment. There's no totally separate picture that we painted in enlightenment. Enlightenment is that somehow those you know, professional surfers, which they are not fear with those giant waves, and they're able to enjoy and celebrate. You know, so 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 maybe the the problem. This whole journey is that maybe we are so scared with those individuals' different waves. And really the meditation practice is basically not trying to correcting the waves and not trying to direct the waves wherever you want. But whatever comes up and able to ride that ultimate ride. <laughs> maybe meditator is just kind of surfer. Maybe we are we're just trying to... maybe. You know, one time I was in, in Santa Barbara in California and uh, in the morning, you know, I'd take a walk and I, I, I 
I, can, I consider these morning yogis and yoginis, they all have their surfing boards and they all go morning practice commitment. <laughs> they go to all morning commitment and they stay there in the ocean, they wait, they wait for wave and they, you know, their, their commitment maybe for, I don't know, one hour or two hours and they all come back like they go to school. But it's like, a, so, so, Daily meditation practice is maybe we should treat as a like okay here I'm going to take a surf surf lesson <laughs> surfing lessons <laughs> to able to stand and not get sink into the afflictions. So basically, right now the most problem is constantly we get sink, you know, then we are not able to get oxygen to breathe, and that we get panic attack, all that whole things. Okay, so meditation is basically trying to not to emptying the ocean. Is the meditation is to ride the ocean of afflictions, oceans of affliction, take the ride of the ocean of afflictions. Okay, <laughs> so. So how we treat, I think that fundamentally, you know, uh, that's how uh, And then I think now again, where this coming from entire? Okay, maybe when we say sense of self and all that thing is, uh, these are really somehow when it's a self-grasping or whatever we use this terminology, it's pretty much self-control. This is just basically, we, we are control freak. <laughs> control and control and control and control. That's, that's the fundamental somehow. Why we do that? We don't know why we do that. We do that. Control. Control the past, control the future, control the present. Uh, and I think this, this control, this controlled mood, Maybe the maybe the one of the meditation purpose of meditation. Maybe we should maybe yeah, okay. I have a maybe we should have some gadgets that can. Oh, you have two. Your your control pulse is like thousand and five hundred. <laughs> some way to me measuring these control things. Okay. So what I'm saying is that when you say in a self grasping and this kind of self is basically. Is talking about the concept of a control. You know, with a self, there's a lot of control. Control, you know, this self related with the self, we have this habit of a control. How we could control, 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 okay? When we say, I should. I should. Uh, I should do this, I should do that. Yeah, then they have all these different pictures and, you know, different way of expressing I should do that, I should be this way, I should, you know, there's a lot of, you know, another way to look at we say with the expectation early time we're saying, now, this is a really the dilemma part as a way as a human being existence. Uh, so control, uh, <clears throat> this, I think the control is an action and we, we, we have a feedback sense of self based on that action. You know, somehow if I able, I can control this. Somehow the feedback sense of self. Okay, so, so here I think the complex and a dilemma comes from since somehow sense of self, culturally or I don't know habitly, we developed based on a control. You know, so that's the, I think the you know here 
<clears throat> so, so one one of the Buddha's teaching of Parajana Paramita Sutra in the second training wheel of a Dharma is basically he is saying, okay, uh, you know, sense of self is not necessarily that feedback have to happen through controlling. Okay. And uh, lots of lots of I think second training wheel of a Dharma teaching is you know trying to showing that false false sense of self that we are making through habit of a control that control this control through the control then you kind of building sense of self so Prajna Paramita Sutra is basically that's the illusion that's the delusion that's no such a you know that's uh, uh, <clears throat> and. Uh, uh, what is the suggestion? <laughs> you know, you can criticize something, but what is the suggestion? Prajna Paramita Sutra, sense of self, get through, dependent origination. Okay, that's the maybe the what, what is what is. Uh, uh, but again, when you look at it a little bit carefully. Uh, and I think this is a this is a big dilemma. I think sense of self, how we develop in a journey, you know, all the wisdom meditation is a way to develop healthy sense of self. You know, so so I think uh, sense of self, you know, in, in when you look at in the general in the culture shapes, you know, your peers shapes, you know, there's so many different layers. Uh, it kind of like a shapes sense of self. And uh, and the, maybe in the Buddha's teaching, ultimately Buddha's teaching is uh, what is really is teaching for me is teaching for me. All sentient beings should develop healthy sense of self. That is the essential teaching of a Buddha. And uh, once we able to this kind of like a healthy sense of a self. Okay, <clears throat> maybe that's the one of the important teaching. <laughs> Through this, compassion naturally arises. Concentration and respect and all these positive things can arise naturally. You know, once we have a sense of control and fear, definitely we will not try to naturally respect because there is a kind of like a sense of control and fear. Okay. So maybe Buddha's main teaching is uh, okay. If if Buddha's main teaching is a healthy sense of self, then why Buddha said there's no self, <laughs> no self. There's no self. <laughs> Selflessness. Uh, one one time I was kind of just thinking, you know, it just came in my mind. You know, Buddha he's grown up into a very Hindu tradition, with this beliefs, there's kind of a permanent self and kind of that things. And then he, you know, kind of very, you know, explored and independent thinker. So he kind of get out from that culture. And and then he also kind of well-known individual person into the community. And he kind of went, maybe identity Christ, maybe. <laughs> maybe just kind of visualize it. Now, you know, like, 
maybe people might also uh, the surrounding community may also ask now who are you are you hindu or are you what <laughs> you know maybe there's a maybe you know you know who am i and then maybe then so anyway uh, concept of a no self <clears throat> Uh, selflessness, meditation. So, no self and self, this kind of very negative negation approach is you know, basically, ultimately, we should not un misunderstood. This this can be misunderstood a lot. You know, no self, concept of no self and all that is, is a under, misunderstood possibility. So, over here, uh, I think also, like, this is a very, I don't know, this trans, when you look in the translation, no self, Selflessness, whatever we translate, I'm not sure it is. It is a effective translation. You know, it's a. Because you know, Tibetan language and maybe Sanskrit too, in lots of Eastern language, the language are kind of lots of space. The the terminology have a lot of space. I have a one friend, a Chinese a Taiwanese business person, and uh, and sometimes she says she make a business deal, and when she make a final final business deal, then she's trying to speak in English, not speaking in Chinese. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she told me, she don't try to speak in Chinese because even speaking that they have can interpret it in a different way. So she speaks in English. So it is just. <laughs> it's, <laughs> to make a truly existence, <laughs> all the contracts and everything to make a truly existence. There's no space of interpretation, and thus everything's get very clear. This is also kind of like a terminology. It's very kind of no self. very negation, very neg negative, or very nihilistic. Or the, such a word as selflessness maybe doesn't really selflessness. Maybe talks like oh, maybe it's a compassionate. It's not talking. It's meant to kind of descriptions of. A, wisdom and understanding of the nature of existence. You know, my key point over here, you know, fundamentally, you know, this concept of a Buddha nature, you know, we're saying we, we all have a Buddha nature. Um, I think it's a very pleasant word very nice word. I think most time maybe we misunderstood. <laughs> we liked it as a Buddhist, yeah. And uh, when it's come down to more practical introducing what is a Buddha nature, maybe sometimes we might get disappointed. <laughs> oh, like for example, uh, when it's a Buddha nature, it is uh, nothing different than ultimate nature of mind itself. Oh, the, if you if we don't go there at the beginning, Buddha nature sounds like this kind of shiny within the something there is something tangible within our own self, and uh, we all have a Buddha nature, but it is not tangible. <laughs> it is just a reality of the existence of my mind or my or self. Then maybe one get thought this looks like more philosophical. <laughs> it doesn't look like practical. Now, how we translate that reality of myself into this 
appreciative mode with the nature. Joyful, how we translate. It, if we just leave it into this kind of very kind of like a excited mode, we are misunderstanding. When you're trying to correct, we lose that excitement. Now, a very important part is this, this is something good translation from this philosophical understanding of Buddha nature and to that individual appreciating the Buddha nature. So, 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 so that's the whole my point of talking earlier, the respect for the mind, respect for the affliction, <laughs> respect for the, you know, as uh, coming down to this Buddha nature is basically seeing wisdom and ignorance are standing into one seed, not in a two different seed, but the nurturing condition, these are two different things. In same seat, you put this condition, it shows different reflection. In same seat, when you put this condition, it shows different way. Okay? So basically, you have a, you know, fields of a vegetables. There's a two choice. You can do very pesticides and those all garbage, or you can do organically. <laughs> but you're in the same field. <laughs> In the same field, okay. So, so like tomatoes in here, like I mean, like I went to in in Switzerland. Although in Switzerland, there's a one shop, you know, that grocery shop. They have this, uh, you know, it's not organic, organic part. But their not organic part is in America can be organic. <laughs> there's a non-organic tomato, still like really good. You know, their standards are very high when they say like even even like regular. I think they in Switzerland they all the foods are the vegetables are coming from Spain, and if they want to do business with the Switzerland, they have their standards. What what they can do, what they can do, standards are very high. So their non-organic tomatoes are still really good. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, so <clears throat> okay, so that's uh, that's the my key point. Somehow, you know, we need to uh, so now maybe I'll talk a little bit about meditation. You know, like meditation in you know, a little bit. Uh, what you think, you know, when you're trying to do meditation and. Uh, uh, when you're trying to do meditation, basically look at it like this. Uh, you know, like here that your mind is so, I say, loud. <laughs> it's basically very noisy, and the mind is only kind of addicted for that kind of only noise, okay? And because of that, it is a missing many different subtle, beautiful nature sound. Many beautiful things is missing because it's just kind of like attract, it's just habit and attractive for this. Like a t television commercial, it's when the commercial comes, it naturally becomes loud. <laughs> so, now over here, when you're trying to do meditation, it, I think fundamentally what you're trying to do is trying to 
overcome this attraction for this loud noise, trying to listen to those sounds. And meditation is basically, when you almost, we say sometimes calm down, but it's not necessarily calm down, you're trying to listen much more deeper, listen much more clearly. It's not saying like, okay, now you stop listening. No, you should listen. You listen. You listen. You not 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 just listen for loud music. He's saying, listen for this subtle. So meditation. We need to treat meditation as a, like a deep listening. Just deep listening. The sound that all the time around you, but you never heard. And meditation is a fundamentally we need to treat it. Sometimes breathing meditation, we get like distracted <laughs> trying to count the breathing and. Again, you're trying to create spiritual loud music, you know. So, so there's a basically, you drop the non-spiritual loud music to bringing spiritual loud music and you get distracted again, okay. So meditation, it's still, okay, good, it is spiritual loud music is still good, but if this is not the point, the meditation is trying to get the mind to, not to stop the listening, but to listening to that that beautiful voice that exists all the time next to you and you're never hearing and trying to listen for those, trying to listen. And okay. So meditation is all about subtle listening. You know, when you're starting to meditating, when you're trying to come, you know, don't try to bring spiritual music. <laughs> spiritual top ten music. <laughs> <laughs> And then you 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 take down the another top ten music, what you call the billboard top ten music, throw out and spiritual top ten music you bring and you're play, playing those music, and then the same thing again you may fall in the same thing still a little bit good but <laughs> but again I think the key point over here to uh, okay so meditation is just basically trying to. <clears throat> uh, to building, to awakening that that subtle awareness. Ultimately, meditation is to awakening this subtle awareness, subtle mindfulness, subtle concentration, subtle wisdom. In terms over here, subtle as in not talking about the tantric concept of a subtle. I think within the, this grossos state of mind. You know, it's almost like we are all the time in in the in, in, in like kind of like. If there is a dial tune for our mind, is we are all the time in the ten. <laughs> so meditation is basically turning the dial down a little bit another way. That's as simple as it. That's, let's look at it that way. And that 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 space and that peaceful and that I say, I think through that, that's the way to nurture the seeds of compassion. And that's the way to heal the seeds of affliction. That tuning down, because that top ten, top top ten music, Billboard chart is constantly feeding. So our method is just basically not trying to boycott the thoughts, nothing, but just basically trying to listening for subtle. Listening for classical music. <laughs> okay, so, so that's I think uh, 
Yes, it sounds easy. There's a lot of challenge. Yes, it constantly pulls you back to the, that music, a spiritual music. All yes, but that's the journey in the meditation practices. It's simple. It's just kind of, and I think that that is the that is the you know sometimes in the teachings, the teaching in the Buddha nature. It's like okay, here the water is so kind of like a straw and dark. Just leave it still. Don't straw more further. It's calm down, it's settled, then it shows its own purity. In the same way as a meditation, as a, you know, don't try to bring, put flower and bring more incense. <laughs> you know, one time is there's one, his holiness came to one place and he have one room they created. I forgot to go into that room. But the person who was in charge in that room, and she's so spiritual, she puts incense and flower and everything, and that, that room have no window. <laughs> when his own came, it was full of smoke. <laughs> he said, oh, this is too much smoke. I mean, like, well-intended, <laughs> but, you know, again, these things can happen in our meditation. Suddenly, there's a too much smoke and too much incense and everything, and then suddenly your meditator cannot breathe. <laughs> okay, so... So, uh, so, 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 so my point over here is non-complicating our meditation. Because sometimes, okay, what I should do now? What I do something difficult that I cannot do? Nobody can do. <laughs> you know, so meditation is, is just relax and enjoy the, the natural music, sound, sounds of music. Sounds of Music. <laughs> That's a beautiful movie. I really liked it, The Sounds of Music. Okay. <clears throat> so I think let's make it as simple as that. You know, Sometimes sometime we complicate then bringing all the spiritual top 10 music into the meditation. And different gets complicated. Okay. Okay, so that's, let's stop here <laughs> and have <Yeah>. really lunch. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, so now, uh, one thing I think uh, we are talking about meditation this uh, early session. Um, you know, I think meditation is a very, you know, I think it's a very uh, necessary in, in our human life once we have a mind, this crazy mind. Uh, so, uh, so in the Buddha's teaching, they're called teaching of impermanent. Okay, so now I think one thing what we are really missing as part of the meditation is uh, the meditation of impermanent. I think if we integrated meditation of impermanent, lots of meditation becomes so easy. It is a less challenge. And uh, a view of impermanent, approach uh, for life, approach to existence. So it's not necessarily cushion meditation as, a, as a impermanent, it's not so much. It's just approach to your own existence as, a, as a impermanent. It's not so much about sitting down and, okay, now everything's going to, nothing's forever. I'm not thinking about that. Just to approach for life as uh, impermanent makes lots of our difficulty leaves that we are painting this morning will be much more subdued. So, so like for example, <clears throat> uh, you know, 
So if we ask one question, for meditation, what, what are the key ingredients we needed? Meditation cushion, <laughs> this is not so much important. The key ingredients is approach to life of impermanent. If we don't have that, rest of the meditation will become very struggling. Very struggling. You know, it's just like a, you're fighting inch by inch, you know, whatever. So, so I think this teaching, uh, so what will be the example for that approach for life as an impermanent? Uh, like, like make an example when you are in airport, what you feel after you've passed the, the, the TS checking. <laughs> that is like the pardo, you know, intermediate stage, you're going through all the different karmas. And then just visualize you're in the terminal with your, you're able to survive whatever you have. Okay. You know, in, in these kind of like uh, when you are going pilgrimage, when you're traveling. Uh, Lots of these unnecessary, usual kind of daily dose of afflictions are kind of disrupted just by being into the terminal. Yeah. <laughs> just being as a mode of a traveler. Uh, you know, so it's, it's just there is a sense of, there's a, there is a sense of kind of journey as in the present you're still you're not ignoring what you have to do in front of you you're fully present but there's a sense of kind of lightness and you won't fight if you want to pick a fight on the terminal if there's something happening you really trying to any there's a lot of because of that mood mood of self is a journey the mood of self as a not kind of like a holding the ground okay so this is a really, really important, I think, when you're doing meditation, one of the ingredients is uh, we can do sit down and, and a breathing and all that technique we can apply, but this approach for existence of impermanent, this mode, if we lose, then every moment will be difficult. So impermanent meditation somehow is, it becomes a key ingredient for our meditation key ingredients for meditation. So, so like what, what that means is basically in meditation, maybe in the approach of life, uh, and also this impermanent approach for life is a foundation and source of appreciation for our life, I think. Yes, I think we, we are not able to appreciate our life because, you know, when we're traveling, sometimes, don't you, we go to pilgrimage, you're traveling, there's a sense of appreciation, there's a sense of enjoying. You enjoy that, that journey. And that, why I don't enjoy when, I, when I'm in my own residential area, I'm enjoying on the terminal, why? It doesn't make a sense. But only I can also able to enjoy in my residential area if I change the approach. One ingredient that I can bring into the, my residential area, that approach of a sense of kind of impermanent. This one ingredient, if we can bring back, we can also appreciate it. Our own space, our own existence, our own all that uh, engagement, and so on and so forth. So, so basically impermanent approach for life somehow is like mm, key ingredients so 
basically daily basis uh, that kind of like you know or same like this morning I was telling you, do we ever acknowledge our mind we, we talked about this morning the same way do we ever acknowledge impermanent of my existence of a nature or all phenomena did I ever acknowledge uh, notice you know we haven't really this all kind of slipped and then we're trying to develop here meditation and concentration and all that things we're losing the key factors okay so so, uh, you know, we can have everything, we can have uh, the best everything and still can be really unhappy, you know, why? <laughs> you know, we can have everything and then we can be still unhappy. Uh, even you achieve everything but still there's a hole inside yourself. What is my purpose? Or may you may accomplish everybody think you should be happy. <laughs> you accomplish everything. You know, you did the everything. And uh, but still there's a hole empty. You, you, you start getting, really? Am I supposed to be happy? <laughs> yes, you're supposed to be happy because you complete this, you accomplish this, you accomplish that. Yes, I accomplish, but I accomplish with the grasping and permanent. <laughs> anyway, this we are saying that kind. I think, uh, I think joyful life and happy life and appreciating life. I think it requires flow, view of a flow of self. Basically, when I say flow of self, means uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying right now. <clears throat> Uh, and also, when we say joy, also there, there must be some misunderstanding in a joy of life. Must have some misunderstanding, the joy we understood, joy under the culture of joy that we understood, and joy of life. And we, we have misunderstanding, and so therefore, even sometimes we say, oh, you know, I'm not getting joy. Even I'm fully present moment, I'm not getting joy. Where is the joy? There's a misunderstanding of joy. <clears throat> so, uh, so, so now the, now the fundamental over here is again same thing. You know, for example, Buddha. You know, he he saw this aging and death. And these things, and really, you know, he have everything, but he said those condition, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I wondering only the Buddha got so spiritually moved after seeing aging and death. <laughs> Is there any anybody have some kind of awakening after Buddha by seeing aging and death? Any history? There is anything, you know. So I think uh, uh, these are really. I think these are like we we are we are we are, we are not pay attention, you know. For example, aging, aging, and I mean like I also when I say I'm not pay attention, means basically, 
this nature of reality part of our existence uh, you know you know they become suffering because once we're trying to control you know dread becomes suffering when we're trying to control you know like all this <clears throat> but anyway my key point over here is uh, you know spiritual journey spiritual journey supposed to, you know like how looks like I, I mean, what's what's the feeling the spiritual journey looks like I'll just let me put it this way uh, it is a basically spiritual journey is a basically let me use word this deep awareness okay that's kind of like a big word basically deep reflection of your own journey of life spiritual journey is a deep reflection of your own journey of life journey of life just spiritual journey is a deep listening for journey of life you know basically you know we have a basic things okay you get job you get house you get retirement and there's this kind of like basic fundamental things but then we as a we, we as an individual person do we go a little bit more deeper to look at it okay what is beneath these whole steps or is there any more further deeper than that i think spiritual is basically spiritual is a, deeper way of reflecting into individual's journey of life that's the spiritual journey i think you know so therefore like for example the uh, the death you know that is a uh, one of kind of uh, you know any any time we can be be die or dead <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but anyway this um, is, is not so much about the challenging for attachment for this life but uh, I think um, you know basically puts you into different way of living when you have a, that reflection different way to you know the spiritual journey is a uh, you know what is a spiritual journey spiritual journey means your the journey that you're taking in your life is not just this material these basic things this just basic things spiritual journey means you want to go much more further than that further than that that's the really the spiritual journey okay <clears throat> so <clears throat> So, so, so more than that. Okay, let me put it this way: spiritual journey is a basically the vision of life, your mission of your life, a vision of your life, whatever we're going to call. It is a really when you look at it yourself, you can be inspired. <laughs> basically, spiritual journey is a spiritual journey is a mission. 
vision or mission, what you the mission of your life is uh, when the mission of your life is so much limited, it becomes unspiritual. When the mission of your life is a really vast and unlimited. Uh, okay, that sounds good, but what that really means? You know, you can say that, what that really means. <laughs> my mission of my life is quite clear. Okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay, then, and then I'm retired. <laughs> Uh, uh, the, the spiritual journey doesn't really negate what we have to do in our life. Spiritual journey really encourages what you're doing in your life. Yes, get you get professional, get your productive, your time. And that's yes, everything yes. The spiritual journey is adding something into that journey. And that mission, then maybe we'll tell the mission, and that mission is to accomplish something? No. Spiritual journey means that usually mission have some kind of goal-oriented. Okay. Maybe spiritual journey, when you say mission related talking with the spiritual journey, maybe it's not goal-oriented. It's not something that you want to accomplish. That mission is uh, maybe just a way to develop the deep container whatever you are carrying on whatever you are going on whatever you're trying to accomplish that the mission is the mission as a container what you're going to carry through the mission as a, not as a, like something to goal oriented and trying to accomplish maybe spiritual journey is something like that spiritual journey is how to uh, how you develop the spiritual journey is maybe that container. You know, you accomplish, you, you're supposed to be happy, you complete everything, but still there's a hole. And why? And from the Dharma point of view, because of the, it didn't carry on to that container, spiritual container. Because of that, that hole is coming. Uh, and what is it, that spiritual container? And how we develop that spiritual container? All that question comes. I think that the step number one is a reflection, push for life as a impermanent. So I think, I think where we start. That's position, and that will be the first. This, you know, this hungry all the time, hungry, looking for something, and uh, everybody say you're not supposed to be thirsty. You're supposed to be totally hydrated, <laughs> but you're still dehydrated. <laughs> Everybody's saying you should be totally hydrated, <laughs> full of water, and you feel still thirsty. Uh, so here, I think, you know, in a, <clears throat> in a, from the Buddha's teaching about impermanent from that point of view, they say this is the basically uh, that whole that will be full of joy and appreciation once we have a push for life 
as an impermanent. So that's the that's the that's the challenge. That's the that's the challenge, and that's required discipline. That requires like maybe six times a day. Okay, I'm not here forever. <laughs> I was in Malaysia, and there's a Buddhist center, and next to the Buddhist center, there's a Muslims uh, mosque. And then, you know, six times a day, you know, five times a day, I think. Every morning, you know, the prayer starts, very <laughs> starts, you know, like, and you know, there was, you know, the meaning is much more about the faith, reminding the faith five times a day, reminding the faith five times a day. I think, it's, as a Buddhist practitioner, I think morning one meditation practice, evening one meditation practice, I think not sure will be good enough. And our meditation practice sessions don't have to be too complicated, you know, having the water bowl and the cushion and the, and uh, nobody runs around here, everybody should be still. And <laughs> I think it should not be that complicated. Uh, if we make so complicated, then it becomes, every session becomes, common. please nobody make noise and, and you know, all that complication things so I mean like each day like it two one second and two second or one minute or two minute you know maybe maybe try for three week every day two minutes maybe five times reflecting okay you know so so I think it gives this reflection of impermanence somehow naturally nurtures that kind of earlier I was talking meditation. Meditation is all about deep listening. It is not about something not listening. It is a meditation. It's all about just kind of trying to listening sound that you never heard before, the music that you never heard before, but it was a playing there all the time. There's beautiful music was a playing there, but you never pay attention. So this reflection of impermanence somehow grounds the our you know so this one kind of very very strange okay I'm keep thinking of a five times a day uh, in permanent awareness I'm trying to bring in and somehow feedback there's lots of things kind of naturally settles lots of things this naturally settles so we need to check that okay so just try you know like just try you know like just make make a make a research by your own self and we'll next time say Rinpoche that's absolutely not working <laughs> okay okay so that's kind of I'll highly encourage this because sometimes we get so much sucked into the technique and what to do and what next to do and kind of becomes kind of like an IKEA's menu. <laughs> what to do. And, uh, so, so I think it's simplifying our meditation. And, uh, and uh, one key ingredient is just approach for life as a way. We, I mean, when I say approach, basically way of identifying the life the view of impermanent from that window. From that window, if you're able to see the self and the life, I think that can make a meditation much more easier, not too complicated. Then she called this concept of a shine and ratong, sometimes it makes us so far. But I think, you know, once we put the right condition around, I think it's, I don't know. When I was 13 years old, I already thinking of enlightenment. <laughs> one time, there's a one tree, I was like 12. No, I was not 12. I was just like maybe 
eight years old and there's a tree, one tree, because we hear the story in the Buddha got enlightened. I was in the Kopan monastery and then I was thinking one the tree and trying to sit down and I said, oh maybe I get I'll get enlightened. <laughs> but anyway. <clears throat> okay, anyway. Uh, so that's kind of my thinking, you just see how it works. Okay, that's the pretty much is it. I have nothing, nothing left now. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Maitripa College podcast. If you would like to learn more about Maitripa College, please visit our website at maitripa.org. M-A-I-T-R-I-P-A dot O-R-G. This podcast was produced by Alfredo Pinheiro, Kate McDonald, Andrew Hughes, and me, your host, Tiffany Blumenthal.